Down your pants. He goes. See my Butthole and penis and the in between. I'm gonna start a threesome with Charlie Sheen. Friends, and welcome to the Autopod Decepticast, your bi-weekly podcast that delivers an episode-by-episode breakdown of the original G1 series. This is episode number 189, covering Transformers episode number 74, Forever is a Long Time Coming, airing October 8th, 1986. Welcome to the show, everyone. Hey, fellas. Hey. Remember that show Three's Company? I do. I'm like one of those people, and you guys are like the other two. I want to be, I don't remember her name i want to be the level-headed brunette janet is it janet mm-hmm. okay I, i'll take john ritter then aaron you're stuck with being suzanne summers i got them thighs was there was another woman prior or after suzanne summers i believe it was prior okay yeah she came was chrissy. That's, that's chrissy yeah was it a different character? No, it's they the same both character. Chrissy. yeah it's like her. it's like the fresh prince's mom what oh, happened yeah. What's the story there? Oh. Uh, uh, suicide by cop. Ryan. Yep. <laughs> Why don't you make us a drink? Just, wow, we're just into that it. That's helps your intro. Us dredge up the past while also trying to change our future. <laughs> you have something like that? Is this a bias a drink drink? It is. Was there ever a situation on Three's Company where it was like they did like it was like. Were they uh, fucked? Well, were they. Were ki- like kissing on each other and stuff. Was that did that ever happen? In my head, I for some reason think that there was a situation where they like it was obvious that, that they were all. Yeah, it is really. But I in my mind, I yeah, I'm probably just imagining. I mean, I feel like that. that show is written to let people sort of play that out in their heads, create some. Absolutely, absolutely. Because in that show, the reason that Jack could live there was because he told Mr. Roper he was, he was gay. gay. Like because that otherwise. Two women and a man couldn't leave. It was unacceptable. He would have got kicked out. Coming That's knock right. on our door. Because they would make comment. That's right. Because uh, <laughs> Mr. Roper was always, the part of the shtick was him just reacting crazily to the to like, what? Like, like he might not be gay? Or it just things didn't make sense. I loved it. Were there also multiple Mr. Ropers? Yes. Don Knotts was one of them. Famously. Who out of all those people, Don Knotts was probably the biggest playboy of them all in real life. Don Knotts was a player in Hollywood. Is that true? It is absolutely true. He was a huge playboy. And if you type like Don Knotts, like 60s, 70s, he even like wore like, he was big into wearing like leisure suit type of get ups. He liked to party. So, uh, for the record, Mr. Roper and his wife, Helen Roper, were played by Norman Fell and Audra Lindley. They left the series for their own sitcom 
called The Ropers, so a spinoff. Don Knotts joined the cast as the roommate's new building manager, Ralph Furley. So following, and also we were wrong, uh, following Suzanne Summers' departure in late 1980, Jenilee Harrison joined the cast as Chrissy's first cousin, Cindy Snow, who was soon replaced by Priscilla Barnes as Terry Alden. So there was lots of cast swapping going on here, but no other kind of swapping because it was all platonic relationships in that apartment building. A farce chronicling the escapades and hijinks of the trio's constant misunderstandings, social lives, and financial struggles. It was a top 10 hit from 1977 to 1983. It's remained popular in syndication. It also spawned spinoffs, including The Ropers, Three's a Crowd. I remember that. That was also in syndication. It was Jack Tripper, and he got married, and, you know, they had misunderstandings. And I, I remember, I recall there being issues with the in-laws. There was always some kind of friction between he and his wife's parents. Her name was Vicky. Oh, oh you know what? They're not married. Wait, wait, hang on. What? Hang on. Oh, so Vicky shows up on the scene at the end of Three's Company. Her parents had a tumultuous, bitter divorce, and she declined Jack's offer for marriage. So instead, they move in together, and that's what's up. They are, they are unwed lovers. All right, now that everybody is caught up on the, the entire story of Three's Company, Caleb, what's up? I forget that Don Knotts was also a mainstay on like Disney's like. I forget what it's called, but like Disney would have like the Mr. Chicken movies or the stuff. Fuck, what's it called? Oh, I know what you mean. Like the live action, like the, the Wonderful, Kurt Russell was in a bunch the fun, of them. Yeah, the Wonderful World of Disney. Yeah, uh, yeah, the the, the non animated stuff. The extraordinary Mr. Limpet or something yeah. like it, and like Mr. Something and the Chicken. <laughs> That's right. So he was kind of in that, and they had this whole side thing where they like did like a Davy Crockett series, anything that was non <clears throat> non animated in the. 50s, 60s, and 70s, Disney was cranking out this other stuff too. It's kind of side, show, side, uh, and I think it was syndicate. It was syndicated stuff. So they say the Wonderful World of Disney, and it was a syndicated. I don't know if it was weekly or not, but they sure ran it a lot as a kid, and it was medium talent kind of. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. I should say the great talent, but it was. It was written as medium a, quality production yeah, they quality. Were just, they were, crank, they were they cranking. They were cranking out cranking content. It out. <clears throat> One, uh, one more thing before we put the lid on this trash can uh, f- for our British listeners. Three's Company was based on a British sitcom called Man About the House. Okay. That's a terrible fucking name. <laughs> shots fired at you. Once again, the U.S. does things better than the U.K. Oh, shots hey, fired at the U.K. Hey, you know what? We're re-colonizing uh, their entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> We're taking it back. Uh, what do we got? Hey, uh, good no- good news, you slugs in a ditch. Yeah. <laughs> you were going to call us sluts. You good news, you fucking sluts. Yeah. <laughs> we, I'll we go- Come and knock on my door. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm waiting for you with a big, hard, aggressive cock. And this has been, we're starting off weird. We got a <laughs> bias a drink cocktail. I'm sure you'll love that intro, <laughs> Brian. Um, this comes from our friend Brian Jones, who you might remember also bought us the Poseidon cocktail back in episode 181, the one with the, uh, the, the, the blue, the weird, the one that, the blue one. Yeah. I was like, this tastes blue. Is it aqua velvet? Nope. Like that drink. 
this one's an original of his. It's okay. called a beam and cream. Beam uh, and cream. Beam and cream. It's real simple. It's two ounces or 60 mils of Jim Beam, one can or 12 ounces of cream soda. Combine these ingredients in a tall glass over ice, garnish with spray whipped cream, mm -hmm. which I could not find. How could you not find spray I don't know. Cream? I don't, supply chains. Thanks, Biden. <laughs> yeah, I did that. So I had to get just a tub of Cool Whip. Um, looks, looks and good. I wanted to try the recipe as written, so we, we'll try it. But then I had an addendum I thought we could try that I think will work really well with the spices in both the whiskey and the soda. Okay. So This looks like kind of an alcohol root beer float. Yep, kind of. But it's like a, a cream soda float. Ryan's especially, because he's got a mug. He's got the mug. I, I wanted the mug. Ooh. Oh. Ooh All I taste is Jim Beam. That's, um, I, I could like that. When you when you get in and like take a, take a hit of the beam and cream, but then take a hit of the coal whip, it's kind of I'm gonna mix some of the cream in. Nice mix yeah, 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 definitely. I could get down mm -hmm. with this. This is like yeah. what this is like what they would you serve. Take this back to the the Cub Scouts. <laughs> yeah, this would go over really well. Everybody, I wasn't sure at first, but now I'm yeah. getting a proper kind of ice cream float. Mm -hmm thing coming out of this and i'm i'm feeling it hmm. i'd throw i i'd throw vanilla ice cream into this yeah yeah i'd make this a proper float that's what this is i'm Do gonna it. start making root beer floats i what? hate it oh <laughs> no i drink yours i really don't then i'm gonna go i don't hate uh, that's not, that's not fair i don't hate it but i would never i would never it, drink this it doesn't <laughs> yeah it just it doesn't seem like it's your kind of thing not really yeah and i, and I it's, that's a personal thing yeah you shouldn't say i mean don't take it personally. I like it, but I'm just I like it. I like cuz it's sweet and creamy and it's like I'm going to keep Yeah, it's like it. a dessert. Yeah. It's I'm at the uh, carnival. Also, I don't really I guess it's uh, I don't really like mixed whiskey drinks. Yeah. Um if I'm going to drink whiskey, it's going to be an old fashioned or straight. Sure. It's I wouldn't call it like a necessarily call it a grown-up drink. It's like something like um It's fun. It is fun. It's something that they might drink at Hogwarts when they like are like. <laughs> it does have that butter 18. beer, yeah. yellowish orange, yeah. uh, plus the creamy aspect. To this it. this was my um, sorry, Brian. I not to thank you so much for giving us this. Like That's I, good. It's I simple. do like it. It's just like not my brand. And but thank you so much for doing it. But like my suggestion, and we'll see how this works. Was a little grated nutmeg on the top, which would which Townsend would approve. That's more holiday. Yeah, then Jimmy. You're, you're, then seasonally, you're getting yeah. in the holiday territory with that. Now I could I could get down with this for a holiday yeah. drink as well. Hook me up. But other than that, this is like if I'm at the fair, I'm and it's like nighttime. This is a this is a this is a carnival drink. Get me on the tilt a whirl. Oh God, yeah. This is a this is a kind of drink where you'd like. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Ryan. No, I like it. It's, it's going to be a, like, I'm never buying this fun, fucking asshole a, a drink again. This is a fun drink. <laughs> this is something you'd make for fun for everybody. And everybody get blit blitzed. I don't know that the nutmeg added that much more to it. I don't hate it. I, I mean, I like a little spice. I think You're it's, right. I think it it's, didn't add anything. I think it's Ryan just trying to just is this trying just old to nutmeg? No. You're, that's, that was my nickname in high school. <laughs> I, old nutmeg. I'd I was always out by the shed. I would buy this in a mug at the Ozark Empire Fair. 
This is what I would do. You know what? Now that I'm mixing it, actually, I want to know I'm the stories it. of Beam and Cream. Like, why? Like, now that where I'm mixing the hell it, did I, this come up? I like it more. Beam and Cream. I mean, this could be a successful drink, especially it's catchy. People would buy yeah. the shit out of this. Yeah. And it's salacious. I feel like whiskeys yeah. like Jim Beam are kind of making a comeback. People are, are you know, they're getting off those pretentious well, it's, it's smoke, true. smoked uh, whiskey sours or whatever the hipsters have been making. And now. Said by next to someone who may have just added a whiskey smoker to his wish list. No, I but, like smoked whiskey. Don't get me wrong. What I mean is like the people that uh, will set a wood plank on fire and then place the glass over it so oh, real yeah. smoke Which invades exactly the glass. exactly what gla- I just added to my wish Oh, list. okay. All right. Well, uh, sorry, do- Ryan. I- um, I'm no, but it, I'm also not pretentious about it. Like, drink what you like. That's what I'm right, saying. Right, 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 this right. It's not right. a pretentious drink. I'm just saying Jim Beam is not a pretentious whiskey. No, no. And no. I feel like unpretentious whiskey cocktails are, come are you know what's, coming into the onto the scene. What's fun is when you go to Europe, uh, American whiskey, because uh, its import is very expensive. <laughs> that in blue jeans? I think you're thinking of Russia in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> or Korea. It's true. Uh, North I, Korea. Uh, so I thank just, you, Brian. Thanks for Brian. buying. It. I like also, it. I like it. I, I, I'm sorry. I came in a little hot on this drink, but uh, okay. as I'm drinking it, I'm, I'm definitely liking it more. Um, which I think was also my reaction to his first drink. So I don't know. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe his drinks are just like maybe they are also causing brain worms. No, to like be like <laughs> you like this. <laughs> Challenge us. We like it. So Brian also suggested a little game we could play. Okay. He said as a kid, he always really liked the quotes uh, above the tech specs in the Transformers toys, like freedom is the right of all sentient beings, for example. So he sent me a list of quotes, and it's an up-down binary guess as to whether the quote I read is from a Transformer or a real historical figure. Okay, cool. I'll tell you who the quote was from after you guess, of course, but you can award yourself two bonus points if you can guess who it is first. You won't. I didn't, but maybe you're better than me. So are we supposed to, do we get a point for guessing if it's a real person or Transformers, and then we get additional bonus points if we guess who it is? Correct. How uh, many are there? There are 10. All right, let's do this. Awesome. I love the trivia. <clears throat> I called this creatively Cybertronian or Homo sapien. <laughs> I love it. Excellent. I am terrible at naming things. No, you did a Even good job. Even in my fiction, like when I write fiction, I'm, my, my titles are awful. I think it's perfect. Number one, the quote is, War is too serious a matter to leave to soldiers. Hmm. I don't think that's Cybertronian. So you think that's human? I I'm, think it's human. I'm going to go Homo sapien. I'm going to guess. Say the quote again. It's War. somebody like General Patton or somebody oh, like that. He would not. He, well, I don't know. Go ahead and say it again, Ryan. War is too serious a matter to leave to soldiers. I'm going to guess um, um, Winston Churchill. I'll go with Patton since that was my first inclination. Aaron, you're close. Uh, not right, but Ugh. it is a human, and it was yeah. William Tecumseh Sherman. Gotcha. Oh, wow. So I got okay. a point. Well, we got, got, got a point. Got All point. right. Number two, in a war, nobody wins. Somebody loses. I'm just going to keep saying Patton until, <laughs> until he shows up. Yeah, say that one more time. In a war, nobody wins. Somebody loses. Homo sapien. I'm going to also go Homo sapien, and I'm going to go with Mohandas Gandhi. I'll go with John Lennon. <laughs> oh. 
You're both wrong on all fronts. <laughs> okay. It was a transformer, and uh, it was gears. Uh, shit. This is hard. It is really hard. Number three, to lose patience is to lose the battle. I don't know anymore. <laughs> You're going to get a lot of that. I don't know anymore, because that's how I felt going through this, too. To lose patience is to lose the battle. To lose patience is to lose the battle. I'm going to say um, transformer, and I'm going to say... Uh, Optimus Prime. I'm going to go human, and I am going to... Do you get a point if you guess the Transformer 2? You get two points yeah, if you guess, okay. uh, if you uh, guess yeah, who yeah. said it. So right, I'm going to guess points. human, human uh, it could be George W. Bush, Barack Obama, Donald Come Trump, on. and on, all the war criminals. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, uh, Afghanistan was a long time. Colin Powell, human. Okay, it was a human, oh, shit. and it was Gandhi. Oh, <laughs> fuck. I just got zero points. I'm leading one to two to Damn one. It. So, yeah, if you guess human or transformer correct, that's one point. If you guess who it is correct, that's an extra. You can, two. Get a maximum, so you can only get two. You can get a maximum, get a maximum of three, of three, three points two. per question. Two for oh, guessing the right person, one for guessing uh, if it's uh, Cybertronian uh, or got it, got uh, Homo I just sapien. made it two points. It should be a million points, but mm-hmm. I made it that way, no, no, so it's it. like a perfect. fair game. It's perfect. It's perfect. Number four, better to fight for something than live for nothing. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. This game is super hard. <laughs> I'm going to say Cybertronian, and I'm going to say uh, Orion Pax. No, 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 not, not Orion Pax. Yeah, Orion Pax. Yeah. All right. Me, Aaron, I'm going to go human again, George Washington. I really wish you'd said Patton. Uh, it was Patton. <laughs> One point, though. I'll take it. Number five. Know the conflict without before facing the conflict within. I have to go Cybertronian because I've only gone human. Wait, say it again. Know the conflict without before facing the conflict within. Who's sort of a strategic transformer? That's. I'm going to say Beachcomber. All right. I'm going to also go Cybertronian only because there hasn't been one in a while. Uh, and I'm going to go with uh, Alpha Trion. It was Beachcomber. Oh, oh three, two, one. <laughs> Boom. Oh and hey, C- Caleb gets one point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Caleb gets one point. Number six, if you can't make them see the light, make them feel the heat. Well, Caleb, you go first. I'm going to go with uh, Homo sapien. I'm going to go with Robert Palmer. <laughs> Feel the heat. I'm going to go Cybertronian and say Inferno. It was a human. Oh, it was and Robert it was Palmer. Robert piece Palmer. of shit Ronald Reagan. Oh, shit. Enjoy your point, He ripped off Robert Palmer. <laughs> Number seven, only in war is there happiness. I'm going to go with human, and I'm going to go with uh, Genghis Khan. That's a good guess. I'm going to go Cybertronian uh, Blitzwing. Also a good guess. It was a Cybertronian. Well, technically, I guess not. It was a Transformer, and it was Slag. These are are amazing. Yeah, they're great. Number eight, as areas of knowledge grow, so too do perimeters of ignorance. As areas of knowledge grow, so too do perimeters of ignorance. 
Something that smart just doesn't seem like it would be something in a Transformers. But you got Perceptor. No, no, I'm just saying I'm impressed yeah. that this yeah. stuff's showing up in kids. This is kids good, right? Oh, Bob Budiansky. Uh, one more time, please. As areas of knowledge grow, so too do perimeters of ignorance. I'll go with human Albert Einstein. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to Cybertronian, and I'm going to go. I'm just going to try to hit these elders. I'm going to go to uh, Alpha Trion again. All right. It was a human. Oh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh. You smug son of a bitch. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, he loves being smug. <laughs> one of the... Uh, Best Key and Peele sp- skits? Is that what you're going with? Oh, I don't know that one. No. Oh, it's great. It's where like what it's like to be married to Neil deGrasse Tyson, <laughs> where everything the like his wife says, he's just like, well, actually, billions <laughs> of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, what were you going to say? I can't remember. Oh, just that Caleb keeps choosing people that I don't think tech specs were ever written for. <laughs> so oh, that's true. Like, I tech feel like, specs have I feel to be like, written for toys. I feel like I have a, an advantage, but it's not his fault. He doesn't know which ones had toys and didn't. It's true, but he's true. picking non-toy. Whenever. Oh, that's right. <clears throat> I see. Just Alpha Trion. Yeah, uh, uh, well, Alpha Trion would actually. You know what? That's not no, fair. No, no, there right. are con- there are modern Alpha Trion toys, and I think they still write There's, tech specs. For I guess them, also so. there were tech it's specs fine. in like the Transformers Universe comics. Right. I I accept my deficit. Here. Number fun. nine, there is beauty in everything but war. Oh, I'm almost positive that's Transformers. Uh, it's like a like a blue streak or something like that. I'm going to go with Cybertron. I'm going to go with Bumblebee. It was a Transformer, and it was Grapple. Uh, all right, we each get a point. Last one, number ten, experience is the benchmark of maturity. Let me just see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Cybertronian. Two. Oh, Caleb I'm, can't win. I'm gonna go cyber. I'm gonna go Cybertronian Cup. All right. I'll just agree. Uh, it was a Cybertronian, and it was Rodimus Prime. Oh, I think that would be more. Which like, is an interesting quote. Can't wait to get rid of this matrix. What? That's the game. <laughs> that would be a good text. That's, a, that's Cybertronian, your homo sapien. Thank you, Brian Jones, so much for buying us a drink and also that awesome game. That game, which I defeated Caleb 10 to, one. <laughs> yeah. to 5. Yes, 2 to 1 if we want to yeah. break it down, oh, reduce wow. the fractions. <laughs> that was a hard Show your work. Game. That was a mind. That, that, it really is a mind. Because like, that, was that is true. Whenever I was reading, I'm like, oh, these are really interesting quotes. Like, Coming up with these quotes, like I'm sure it was Bobby Yansky, but like, yeah, these are great. Like, showed, I couldn't tell. <laughs> it shows you that how many, uh, like, famous like people, he, Homo sapiens, <laughs> probably have writers. They have writers writing all this yeah, shit for them. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you know, that's and then all the deliverers get to are, just take credit. Yes, exactly. Well, it's just like we were like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'll be back. He didn't write that. No. He performed it. We That's have to right. terminate hatred or whatever. <laughs> whatever he said. That's a reference no, to me. He wrote, and... he wrote the, I think he probably <laughs> he wrote definitely that. wrote that. Yeah, wrote yeah that. that was a reference. There was a, an article where Arnold Schwarzenegger went to go visit Auschwitz or something, and he gave a little pref- press conference couldn't where help, he couldn't said, help but promote himself a little bit. He there. said, "We have to terminate <laughs> hatred." He could not. We have to terminate hatred. My father was a Nazi. Who's uh who's the guy in Barry, uh the the Saturday Night Live guy that's an impersonator? That is 
and Barry's such a good show. And I, it is a good show. Oh my god, I can see his face, but I can't think of his name. He was, god damn. There it. was a there's a story he tells about Schwarzenegger. He he was a PA on uh, one of Schwarzenegger's movies, and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger asked him to go find like his his like uh, where's Peter and Joe, uh, which is like his hair and makeup guy. He's like, I don't know, and he goes, find them, show your leadership capabilities. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's Bill Hader. Bill, Bill Hader. Hader. Thank you. Yeah, God yeah, damn. Yeah. By the way, I will say Barry is probably one of the best television shows out there. It is right excellent, now. and Bill Hader is fantastic yeah. in it. I think Barry is pro- probably deserves everything. What network is it? HBO. It is I'll, the best television show out there. Maybe I can get. I got my wife to watch season one of The Wire. Finally, mm-hmm. I don't know if she will want to watch season two. But is there? You, she's. She, I bring it up just because uh, she's squeamish to any like I don't know any sort of physical or psychological violence. Oh, how well, does Barry on? It's on kind that? of all that. He's a, oh, he's, a, he's an assassin. He's oh, an assassin okay, that's del- developed. Uh, he's dealing <clears throat> with personal yeah, personal it's, issues. It's a, and, yeah, yeah. It's def- then she definitely can't watch it. But it's really it's a that's kind of all I like. We're like yeah, <laughs> violence and personal. It's issues. a it's, it's problematic a, for our togetherness viewing. Yeah, it's all about. I mean, the show's all about uh, relationships and emotion and emotional maturity and 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 problems with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I will say that uh, Henry Winkler's in it, and it's probably the best acting. Oh, he's great. It's the best acting I've ever seen him do. He's so fucking good in it. This should become this whole episode now. We'll just throw Transformers at the window. We'll just talk about Barry. It's the, the best the show. APBC. Oh my god. Um, I've said this a couple times, but and and West has said this too. Like uh, us getting together. Um, I wouldn't say if you're a super horror fan, you couldn't date someone who's not. But I can't imagine how that would work. Like both of us are huge horror fans, and it just seems so hard for to make that work if you both weren't. I don't know. My, my my wife is not a huge horror fan, and neither am I. Well, there you go. <laughs> so a, there's well, no problem. Well, I, there's no problem. But I, well, I, there's no problem. There. That's no. What I'm saying is there's no problem. No, I see. Ah, gotcha. but I guess when I when Melody and I first got together, I don't know that she like she's developed this over time. You know, people change. I think the first movie we ever saw together on a date was Django Unchained, which is it's not a horror wow. Movie. That's heavy. Well, it's I'm just saying it's violent. So it, and it's it psychologically, is extremely violent, it's and it's psychologically torturous as well. Oh, that's so. Heavy. And I just remember <laughs> she was like, uh, you know, our first movie together, and I realized she's one of those people that talk uh, talks at the movies. <laughs> and what's she saying? Just, well, just like whenever stuff is happening, she's like, oh no. Oh, she's like, like oh, she's like. <laughs> Is she like one of those, like, when I lived in St. Louis, I went to see The Omen on June 6, 2006, on 666. I went to see The Omen, and I've never heard so much people talking. Well, talk that's what you want. And like, no, no, no. It was amazing. Yeah, it, I, exactly. Of anything, I wanted that, and it was great. Actually, I think that viewing experience is more fun. Like, when you so, go to Alamo Draft House, like, movie oh, parties and yeah. stuff. Nothing. Like, like I think a communal experience, but particularly if it's a movie that I guess yeah, everybody a, knows and likes. Get, now, I don't uh, want somebody doing that at everything. Like, when I went to see, like, uh, There Will Be Blood, mm-hmm. and you guys have heard my There Will Be Blood story. 
I don't I don't remember. Yes, you, you, you have. But it's like when I <laughs> refresh go, the uh, listeners. So I go in there and it's the first. It, the movie's called There Will Be Blood. Uh, Aaron oh, I remember just remembered. Now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, he's like at the beginning of There Will Be Blood. He's in there like you know he's digging. He's a miner. He's digging for stuff. It's really yeah. slow. He's looking for it's, that oil. It's a son. Paul Thomas Anderson. Is it Paul Thomas I think Anderson? Right. Gold and 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 you know that that Paul Thomas Anderson movies have a certain pace. Or they can. The first 20 minutes is silent. Yeah, it's quiet, and it's just him digging and stuff. And the soundtrack is just, like, noises. And this guy... I think it's Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead. This guy and his and the group of people that he's with, uh, within the first, I would say, 10 minutes of that whole scenario, walk down, and he and as, on the way out, as he goes around the corner to, like, exit, he goes, Yo, fuck this movie! <laughs> Why? Well, I thought about that, and I think... That him and his friends came to see a movie and it's like want to see a horror. There will be blood. Okay, there's going to be blood, and then within the first two minutes, there's no blood. They have no context for what they're going to see. They don't recognize Paul Thomas Anderson. They don't know what's going on, and they realize that it's a slow movie. And they leave and go, yo, fuck this movie. But they're like, I, res- I totally respect Daniel Day-Lewis's acting ability, but yo, fuck this movie. Didn't interpret it for me. But that doesn't even make any sense because usually in horror movies, you don't get blood in the first 10 minutes anyway. I, I understand. So, make, so I think. What do you think? I think they just. Didn't I know think what they, they were just got into. bored. I don't think they knew. What I'm they were sure that they, they did, but they paid movie. But when they were when they came to the theater to look, what were they? I expecting? think they saw the trailer, which is like, what's the trailer? I don't think the tra- I don't think the trailer saw the, show I don't think anything they saw more the exciting. I don't think they saw the trailer. This is all speculation, which is pointless. Yeah, but it's still fun. I was going to say, the first uh, movie that my girlfriend and I saw was um, Get Out. Well, that's a fantastic movie. It to is, watch. and um, it was purposeful for yeah. her. To, she wanted to see it, and I wanted to see it, but it was a test. <laughs> sure, sure. I want to see how he reacts to this, which uh. you should always do. You should always test your had partner she before always, you had get she into always, it. Had she already seen it? Well, no, but but you're but we're getting, but off, tra- we're getting off track here about what what's your interpretation of the you'll fuck this movie guy with uh, there yeah. will be blood. I think he's just an idiot. It doesn't matter. Probably like, yeah, why right. are you even thinking about it? <laughs> I I think he was just. I thought a, it was hilarious. A doof that. Uh, saw a title for a movie that was a really there cool will title. Be, he was waiting for blood. Like yeah, it was a really cool Who title. Who goes to movies that way? <laughs> I don't know. I think some people, idiot. Some I think, dumb. I think that guy. Did. That guy did. And I think he probably got his money back. I, if, I bet if you try, if you walk out of a movie in 10 minutes, I, I bet you I should have followed him out and found out. You should have followed him, him to home. Didn't and you know? Did bro- you know? Broke in and asked. No, you don't him. understand. This is Paul you should Thomas have Anderson. Paul Anderson. This is a great movie. This is a best picture Johnny contender. Green, Johnny Greenwood's doing the soundtrack for this. You got to come back and check. <laughs> you this should out, have held man. a knife to his throat and be like, "Tell me, tell me about what you did." There, now there will be. Now there will be blood. Here, uh, let me let me show you the last three minutes where the guy's head gets I'm brain brained in by a bowling pin. And now do you like it? That guy. You know what? I'll tell you this. That guy made the right decision leaving that movie at that point because he would have hated the whole movie. That's oh, a yeah. great movie, by the way. It is a great movie, but that guy, he made but the right very choice. Very slow. You have to be in the mood for that movie. It's so it's very slow and it's very awesome. purposeful. Do you think if the Alamo Drafthouse did a movie party, they would serve fancy milkshakes? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh. They would have milkshakes. That's not really. They would. That's s- not really an Alamo Drafthouse. <laughs> they would serve funk. milkshakes and they would put it on another person's platter or and another person. And you have to drink their milkshake with a super long straw. 
They would they would have straws that are like twenty feet long. Yeah, you, you don't, don't even, even know whose milkshake you're drinking. Milkshake it is. <laughs> they go behind you and, you and go you're sucking you. and sucking. Once you hear like once and, and you're sucking and sucking and once you hear it off in the distance, you have to yell. I drank your milkshake. Yeah, and that's where the last bit is where you're sucking up cum from the person yes. who jizzed in your milkshake because. People are gross. Yeah, no, absolutely. If someone was drinking my milkshake, wait, I would come. This all is over. not a health department approved movie party. <laughs> You've gone far movie. afield. Where were we? Yo, fuck this movie. We haven't even started the I episode. Don't know. Hey, I know. We have thanks sh- for the drink, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Ooh, uh, this episode will actually come out at the tail end of our trip to TFCon Chicago. Um, are we all still alive? We I don't are. know. Absolutely. Uh, my goal at TFCon, I just had one. Yeah, let's talk about TFCon. Is to get either a Trypticon or another G1 combiner. Um, I love walking the dealer floor and Artist Alley. I'm also on the lookout for uh, one of those large G.I. Joe figures, like the 12-inch ones, or anything similar. It can be a knockoff. It doesn't matter. It's just West wants one for an art project she's working on. And um, I bet we could find something like that cheap. Maybe I, I think you should uh, go on a hunt for the Technobots because you have the Abominus... I, I, so I you, think Computron. Technobots are awesome. I think Computron is probably what I'm heading toward. Yeah. Um, at our first TFCon, I did buy West a 12 inch Michael Keaton Batman figure that was really cool because she loves Batman. And I also want to get my Friday the 13th Part 7, the new blood poster signed by Sue Blue um, and, and meet her. I never met anyone formally like that or had anything signed, so I'm very nervous. I normally just ambush people outside a bathroom like well, I here, did with practice. Clint Dilly. Let's just practice. I'm Sue Blue. Hey, I'm, I'm at the I'm at the <laughs> oh, table. Oh, oh no! Come on up. Come on up. Hey, next. Hi. Look. Oh, okay. All right. Um, hi. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes, son. Son, she's not going to call me that. Um, oh, so I, I hadn't prepared for this. In the line, obviously, I'm going to practice this mm-hmm, in my head. Mm-hmm. You can um, practice it right now. Huge fan of. Oh, thank all you. your work in the Transformers oh. stuff. Also, huh. I am tra- uh, Friday the Thirteenth is my favorite movie franchise. So I brought the Friday the Thirteenth Part Seven poster, oh. and I wondered oh. if you would sign it with me and get a picture. It's 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 also probably my second favorite uh, Friday the Thirteenth movie. No, I won't do that. Okay, I gotta go uh, <laughs> set myself on fire. Yeah. <laughs> well, we we can help you with that. We have in the past. I will do that. Give me the lighter, Harry. What do you Harry's got? our handler. <laughs> Harry, give me the lighter. This kid's going to let me set him on fire. What do you guys Which you do have a history. I have a history. You have a history of setting me on fire. And I am me agreeing to it. Uh, what so are you guys looking well. forward to? I'm looking forward to hanging out with the people that listen to us. We're going to have a lot. I'm, I'm that really is looking I've forward to I've never met one. Bono in person, so uh, she'll be there. That's true. I, I'm looking uh, forward to meeting Meeting uh, people sorry. in person. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I'm sorry. I just I started yeah. to interrupt you because nope. I just asked you're you good. what you want to do, but I was do I've it. been DMing with Bono and um like she like we were talking about going to the Sugar Factory, yes. and I didn't realize it's literally across the parking lot from the convention. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. I didn't either. I didn't yeah. realize it was so close. I I'll, yeah. So I'm looking forward to meeting her and Mandy. Like we we've been friends for a long time. We've actually like we've had there was a. The episode, the Beachcomber episode, yeah. uh, the Golden Pond, we talked to her. So, yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. 
Yeah, there. I think the APDC listenership will be eight to ten deep, it's maybe, roll maybe deep. more. It'll, It'll be roll deep. It'll, we uh, could start some shit. That's the. That's what I. My head always goes to that. Is like if we need to rumble, we got the. We got because you just see all crew. those fights at the TF convention. Yes, right. <clears throat> Aside, it's real clicky. That is the thing I am most looking forward to. I'm a little disappointed because I know because of those people going that the cosplay game will be strong. Oh yeah, but I will God, not. Have you seen <clears throat> their Witcher? stuff it's great mm-hmm. it's Holy really good shit it's yeah, Bono's witcher stuff's been amazing uh, mandy's too like she did stuff too I, yeah, like I'm it's sorry. been awesome it's fucking awesome they actually went on a retreat well yeah mm-hmm. they went on a retreat it was pretty cool we're pretty cool it was really really amazing and they really got into it and it's impressive to see you guys stuff. are way more up on this than i am is yeah, this on twitter uh, or instagram i guess it's on, twitter. Everywhere. Bono, it's on both i'm, bon- I'm friends with them yeah, on i'm both. not on either they i are, guess really very often they're really so. very talented <clears throat> costumers oh, yeah. and designers what can i say she makes a living out of it and uh, she made this sick like uh like a uh, uh, skin like um uh, scar that she like puts on yeah. her fa- face for it it's she so could, awesome she could do yeah, and that's another thing. I I, I kind of want to pick her brain and talk to her about, like, what can we collaborate on? <laughs> I'm I'm just sad that I, I won't have the good camera. I'm going to bring a camera and a lens, but Melody has photo work that weekend, and I failed to schedule things out. So I'm going to be bringing our old camera, which isn't, I don't know, it's, it'll be fine. It's like, it just it's doesn't not... have as good uh, autofocus That was another thing. Capability. I was like, I was going to question whether we should bring, like, our recording equipment at all, because we uh, always do, and I'm, we never use it. I mean, it travels lightly if we're... We should bring buttons. I guess that's true. We should bring buttons. To sell. We don't have to bring mics or anything. Just bring, like, the... The, the uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm also... I, I didn't go to a single panel in Baltimore. <laughs> All I, I did was like wander two. around, bullshit, and drink. Yeah, I'm tr- going to So try. I want to go to a panel, probably Peter Cullen. I am also going to make a concerted effort, and this is just for a personal growth thing of <clears> me <throat> realizing I'm 45 and I may be developing a problem of like, maybe I need to back off on the drinking a little bit. But this feels like vacation to me, so that's I always the, allow that's myself. That's the problematic yeah, yeah, mindset, the problem, though. Yeah. No, I, I'm going to go, and I'm, I'm by myself, and... As far as what I mean by that, yeah, I like, think West is the only. I don't have family coming. coming. I'm gonna go see some panels and have a good time. I, and I'm there for longer than I normally am. You guys make fun of me, and I get it for how limited I am there. Where I'm are you the, leaving? like Thursday. I'll be Thursday night, Thursday, Friday, Saturday oh, night. Like leaving. Okay, leaving Sunday. See, leaving it. Chicago. Uh huh. So I right. and uh, so yeah. Wow. I'm yeah, we'll be all there. be there Thursday. Uh huh. I'll be a good time. So if you want to kill us, <laughs> you know where we are. <laughs> TFCon, Chicago. Chicago, 2022. Um, so, yeah, which is where we are right now, as you're listening. To you, this. Yeah. It's true. We're wrapping it up. Are we dead? I'm flying, I don't know. I'm flying home probably now while you're listening to this. This drink, Brian. Uh, when you get down to the where cream is a bigger proportion of the beverage, it's even better. The cream rises. It really to the top. is, and I I feel like my knee-jerk reaction was wrong because it really is a drink that evolves in a wonderful way. Yeah. I hope he hasn't shot off the podcast and like thrown his. You have to take your time with it, car. just like uh, the quote from one of these assholes. Yeah, you have to to lose patience is to lose the battle, Ryan Mahatma Gandhi. Well, and we know what knowing is. It's half the battle. So, 
What, we got an episode here we're talking about? <laughs> I know. We... No, we don't. We have shouts out to new patrons. Not one, not two, but three All that right. we'd like to thank today. Let's get this going. Alex Mendoza, a.k.a. Optimal Omega. All about comedy, Transformers, music, kids, wife. You, the listener, can guess the order of dominance there. This guy is down with metal, 80s pop, and yacht rock. I love two-thirds of those things. Caleb, are you a metal you guy? Like I know, uh, I'm very select. I'm very selective about my metal, but I do know metal. I mean, probably not as much as like some metal guys will go all out, but yes, I could talk about metal. Okay, you talk metal too. I talk metal. I can talk about Norwegian death metal <clears throat> just because that involves murders. Right. All right. Connecting that. Merciful Fate, everyone. Check out Merciful <laughs> Fate. If you haven't, check out Merciful Fate. Check out Burzum. Alex, check out Merciful Fate. I actually don't hate metal. It's just not my primary genre, but I went to some metal shows with Cuban B from Wyoming, and that was it was a lot of fun. Anyway. King Diamond's good. King Diamond's... Well, <clears throat> King Diamond is the guy that was in Merciful Fate became... Went, uh, formed King Diamond. We ain't suckers around here. Check, check out our knowledge. Even <laughs> Ryan pulls one out King of the Diamond, hat. The singer from King <laughs> Diamond was the singer from Merciful Fate. Awesome. Alex Hales from Alabama. Roll Tide. They are playing the Razorbacks this weekend at Fayetteville. Everyone's excited in Northwest Arkansas. But I know deep in my heart, like 85% of Alabama games, they're going to win. <laughs> Or, Alex, are you an Auburn fan? Wait, football wasn't even in your list of likes. For real, I was talking to my future brother-in-law as well as the ex-husband of the woman my future brother-in-law is marrying. This is, is a lot of, lot of information you about just me. dropped. <laughs> anyway, I'm trying to convince a small group of people to go to uh, take a trip to Alabama. It's in Sheffield, actually, which is not that close to Mobile mm. at all. But uh, that's where the very famous Muscle Shoals Sound Studio is, where so many classic... Uh, 70s and 80s albums and hits were recorded. If you are on the Alabama coast, you can't get better pizza than Janino's, who does it New York style, but really, you should probably be eating shrimp and seafood. Um, you'll probably want to time various... Uh, you, you just want to hit it, hit that seafood in between whatever British petroleum uh, disaster is happening. Political. <laughs> Those are not even... Uh, Actually, uh, no, Alex enjoys uh, the Marvel G1 and G2 series and IDW 1.0, commenting that James Roberts is an incredible writer, and I have to agree, mm -hmm. 100%. Optimal Omega wants to inform us that his hometown of Mobile is the actual factual, though I didn't fact check him, birthplace of Mardi Gras. There's a museum there dedicated oh, yeah, to the that. roots of the Gras, and while New Orleans does it bigger and better, Mobile was the first. I feel like he's going to be attacked <laughs> by all, all by of our Louisiana Cajun listeners. Cajun. I mean, it's Cajuns. right up there. It's kind of situated on the border, and uh, and it's on the coastline. So it kind of makes sense culturally, the Creole Cajun diaspora. Is that the right? I don't diaspora? know. Diaspora? No, yeah. I, diaspora. I like to mis, uh, mispronounce words. He's pispronouncing his worms. You put the wrong emphasis on the wrong <laughs> syllable. When asked about his love for Transformers, he states, quote, who the hell wouldn't watch a show about robots that turn into other things fighting other robots that also turn into other things? And sometimes in space, space, space. As a Navy brat moving around all the time, Transformers were his constant in life, which I've never thought about that before. Like, 
just thinking about it from that paradigm of people that had uh, kids that maybe had a lot of volatility one way or another that like army brats or something army, or anybody even kids that are just maybe yeah. living yeah. bad fine, like circumstances sure. in general you have this thing that is like your one thing that grounds you and mm-hmm. and uh, i don't know i need like to dive into that thought a little bit more but he loves blue streak first transformers uh, yeah. was was blue streak. Like blue streak i do that was my first transformer <laughs> as well um and i would love to get i i always forget it's the dots and what the the letters are that follow up with that i would if i i'm not a classic car guy but if i was to just Buy a fucking extra like car to have, have it. Yeah. Disposable if I was to go Jay Leno, but only just, <laughs> I, <laughs> I would buy one of those Datsuns. Those Datsuns, I think they're cool looking, but they are. You can find them on Twitter at Optimal Omega. Also, peep his retrostalgic photo and toy commentary at crimzeek.blogspot.com. Thanks, Alex. But we have more. Okay. Next up to home plate, we have Simon the Nut Nut from UK. Uh, that is his own description, <laughs> and I will not refer to him as such further. You may remember him. He was one of our UK Apple podcast reviews. Uh, another dedicated family man from the very city that Mick Jagger and Keith Richards are from. <laughs> Fucking breeders. I won't tell you the name of that city. You can look it up. All right. And while he does enjoy the Rolling Stones, he's really into Metallica, Eminem, Ice-T, Public Enemy, as well as a slew of indie rappers. And I'll have to have an offline conversation about one of them in particular. He knows which one I'm talking about. The controversial one. I got my eye on you, Simon. But overall, he's just a good old hip-hop metalhead who also likes classical violin. (laughs) Ryan, you've been to the UK. I have. Caleb, have you? I have. Have you all been to Dartford? No, man. Oh, well, now I now now you do know where he's from. I said, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, never mind. I've been to. I don't, okay. You I've don't know to, the little the little township. There's uh, like a million. There's so many. <laughs> I've been to London, which is also like saying I've been to New York. Uh, yeah. But I've been to London and I've been to Liverpool, and that's and I've been on a bus from London to Liverpool, and that's about it. Uh, what yeah. Uh, 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 as far as Britain. I've been to London. That's it. Simon loves the Transformers, toys, comics, OG cartoon series, but he's been gracious enough with his heart to have some love for the Michael Bay movies and the opportunity they provided to keep the franchise alive. Sideswipe, Sunstreaker, those are the childhood favorites. He's also a third-party collector, and I'd love to talk to him more about this, but he asked my opinion about Thunder Leader Optimus by Black Apple Weijang, which for you guys, you two, Weijang is a KO company. They make knockoffs of figures, but they were ultimately shut down by Takara, so I think they're operating under this Black Apple label now. So the toy he's talking about is an oversized knockoff of the Masterpiece movie 2007 Optimus Prime. I have no opinion on this figure. I've not seen it, manipulated it. (laughs) I'm not a Michael Bay collector, but I did consult Ben's KO Collectibles, and it looks like the figure is way better than the Black Mamba version. Uh, It has better chrome and detailing. Ben didn't love the transformation, but he did seem to enjoy the robot mode, accessories, and paint detail. All right. Thank you, Simon, so much for joining the community. When we go to the UK... We'll have an entourage. We'll be there, kings. Too. We'll be king. It'll be like. <laughs> it'll be like. It'll we'll be, be like fuck Charles. Fuck Charles. No, it'll be like, yeah. It'll be like. Uh, we should make T-shirts and say "fuck Charles." 
I'm aware I don't feel of them. Like that's a good idea to do in Britain. <laughs> it'll, it'll be like, Based uh, on their curtailing, fifty-fifty uh, curtailing of uh, of freedoms. Be more like Henry the Conqueror, right? Ten sixty-six. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> what yep. about William the Conqueror? Well, Whenever I mean, that was. Oh fuck! I mean William the Conqueror. Uh, <laughs> Look See? who knows history better Ooh, than you. <laughs> I would, I'm going to wear a shirt that says uh, Oliver Cromwell was right. Oh. <laughs> Um, thank you, Simon. And then we also have, we'll call him Squid, Squid King, or Squid Kinger if you're nasty. <laughs> his goal in life is to crush his enemies and see them driven before him while they bathe in the lamentation of their partners and lovers. Um, Hail Crom. <laughs> but uh, honestly, he would do more of that, but his family keeps him from, from that. He's this got, is why you, know, you guys got to stop making families. That's three out of three of family. I know. I'm like, on, uh, you guys are messing up. Patrons. He is a, a, an expat in Japan who is into board oh, games, yeah, yeah. miniature painting, and being basically an all-around fucking wise-ass from our communications. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like him. this guy. <laughs> uh, perhaps the wisest-ass in our in our Patreon community, so step up, people. He called us dinguses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, he's here to tell us that... It, that Really, he's here to shit on Japan. Uh, you can't oh, get uh, you not, can't get no, decent. Not re- <laughs> can't no. get just cause, culinarily. Like, no, 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 imported. <laughs> Jesus Christ, we're gonna get killed. No, pizza, pizza burgers, Italian, Mexican food. Surprise! The, so right. you might you food. might have a yeah, tough time right. finding uh, Japan, Japanese iterations of that that are very good. Yeah, I, I'm God. no surprise that it's that non-Japanese food in Japan is not ideal i feel like he wanted to make it clear he wanted to express at least when it comes to the japanese interpretations of other global cuisines that's fair it's inferior yeah, yeah. whereas i i would say that we have not, olive garden you we all know how good we, that yeah, is yeah our, our, hear your fucking family our chinese food is, uh, is just exactly like chinese it's like but here's the deal but here's the deal though. Right our here? chinese food though was created by chinese it's true. people immigrants uh, yeah that, so at I don't. I don't know in the story of how these things are interpreted. It's in really weird. Like Japan. Springfield has a huge number of Chinese immigrants, and sure. Springfield's Chinese food is amazing. Yeah, so it's not, American Chinese food. Yeah, knocking Chinese American food, you are kind of knocking Chinese culture because that is like I don't know if it's like a combination of catering to American taste, but also yes. Yes. dealing with the ingredients that they had to sure. deal with. You know, the, the Chinese guy here is like these people aren't going to eat what I like. I'm going to make them what they know and make money off of it. Fried is, chicken, fried fucking chicken, <laughs> it's it fucking is, delicious. Yeah, we, of course it is to us. It, it, I would. Say hey, they it. love fried chicken in Korea. They love fried chicken's just good. Yeah. That's the whole thing of like whenever the, that stereotype of like, well, black people like fried chicken. I'm like, who doesn't? <laughs> like, what? Sounds like a Dave Chappelle comedy routine. Right oh, I'm, I'm going to launch into my Netflix pitch. <laughs> <laughs> Mask, however, was the Squid King's true childhood love. Man, Transformers like seems to be a distant second. That said, he loves the cassette bots. He picked up an MP sound wave, which is a great bot if you don't like legs to move backwards from the hips. This is a good episode <clears> to <throat> talk about the cassette bots. His love for the brand reignited recently with the War for Cybertron line and all of its uh, fun and goofy Cybertronian modes. His kids loved these toys, which his mother sent over, sends over toys oh, wow. and gifts to the family. And his kids got into those Transformers toys, which got him back into it. So now he's buying up everything and getting into to MPs. He loves the Dinobots, but hates, and he should, hate the combiner Dinobot mode, Volcanicus, or I don't know how to pronounce it. 
He loves the 86 movie and can't get his children to enjoy it. Caleb, does that sound familiar at all? I don't try. Oh, I thought you did try, and it was just like, whatever. Didn't I, I've, I've, Did I've, Harrison come <clears throat> with us to watch the movie? He might have. But it's like you it's, don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't remember. Okay. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't remember. Uh, but uh, don't apologize to me. Apologize to Harrison. No, he, he doesn't. I'm not. I don't have to apologize to him. I don't know when he's apologize. around. There's nothing to apologize for. I mean, yeah, he might have seen it with me, but it's not like he's like all of a sudden like a born again Transformers fan. So he just thought it was that's cool, you know. And that's about it. I'm not going to force my kids to like something. No, that you I shouldn't. Liked. Nobody should. I, I went through a phase where I was like, let's watch Goonies. Let's watch Star Wars. Let's watch Indiana Jones. Let's watch the uh, uh, Back to the Future. It just doesn't It doesn't give the impression on them that it gave us when we were kids. Right. Because culture, context. Be, because uh, it gave us, it, they're more in, believe, hard to believe, but they're more in tune with the stuff that's new to them when they're kids. You mean that's made for them specifically? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, whenever I showed my niece Friday the Thirteenth, she it, did not respond. It just doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't work that way. Things like, don't you're work weak. that way. You're weak. It'd be like it'd be like me as a kid if I was watching something from like was like from the fifties or forties that my parents were trying to show me, like Thanks the black doing that. like the creature from the Black Lagoon or something like that. Like check I, this out. This is amazing. They tried to force the Flintstones. Like society tried to force. See, the Flintstones I completely on disagree because I That's like all different. these things you're talking about. Yes, but you're an anomaly. Yeah, I don't think I am. Okay. Well, my kids don't like Stop it. Stop doing that. Regardless, my cream. kids. I'm trying to get that my sweet kids, cream. My kids don't have an interest in it. That's so I, fine. I'm just saying I don't like. There's the, the the weird thing of like, uh, like millennials or zoomers who like. Well, movies before in the 1990s were stupid, and I'm like, you're dumb. Like uh, I, I love movies from the 30s and 40s and uh, on. And like, I don't think they're now. saying they're stupid. I do now. I did it when I was yeah. younger. But oh, I did. Okay. Well, but but you. I are... think I just like entertainment. Ryan was always a fedora wearing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're an exception. March to the beat of his own drum. I, no, everybody should agree with what I'm saying. I know they can't. <laughs> it's impossible. No, whenever oh. I'm dictator, Quid Kinger also wishes that more than meet the pod would join us permanently. Yeah. Which I don't think they'd want that. No, I did text um, uh, Harper that and asked him. He was he was very he he thought it was very sweet, and I just texted it because I thought it was very sweet. Also, well, I'm glad they appreciate the sentiment, and I appreciate the sentiment, and I'm and glad said, you like, enjoyed the content. Yeah, Harper said he was very. It was nice to dip their toe back in. So thank you, Squid. If I were to shout out, oh, I meant to. He requested he didn't have anything that he wanted us to shout out other than like uh, if there was a leftist uh, charity um, and I meant to do some research and I don't have anything off the top of my Go head other Google than leftist charity that Aaron didn't search and you'll find the goods. Well, what do you got at the top of your head, Ryan? Anything? Uh, it's called um, by Ryan a drink dot com. <laughs> And uh, or some more clutter for his house. I was making a joke, but I totally agree. You should find leftist groups to support uh, union groups to support 100 percent. Like, seriously, it's yeah. If you want to toast the podcast, it feel, feels like an awkward transition. But. Reach inside your wallet now and find us a drink. 
I I will say I get I Bias guess a communism. I guess we're sort of a uh, democratic collective here in the <laughs> doing nothing for anyone except <laughs> entertainment. Yeah, I guess at the very least we're like a co-op. Hey, uh, thank you to Alpha Magnus Creations, Debbie Skeeter, Jeff, Mike Seibert, Jeremy Bono, Michael Tremblett, Justin, Jonathan, Robinus Prime, Daniel V, Safubi Samurai Chandler, J Soups, Maddie V, Nick Warren, Ken Bockelman, Moondog, Greg Murray, Corey, Michael Andrews, James and Julia, the Emperor of the Empire of Rust, Mr. Michael Ordway, Tim, Jason, Thomas, Justin, John, and now Simon, Alex, and Squid King. Thank you for enjoying and investing in this program. Uh, so with that, let's buy a ticket for the best James Bond movie that never was, Forever is a Long Time Coming, written by Carla and Jerry Conway and animated respectfully by another knowledgeable obstetrician's mom. Yeah, you got that, it. You that's got pretty it, good. You? I gotta right. give that to you. I, I thought you would hate it. No, I like it. We open with a nice little audio callback to season one and two. It's the Autobot fanfare music composed by Johnny Douglas and Robert J. Walsh. I didn't even notice that. I believe it's a little sped up. There's actually three versions of that tune that have different Tempos. variations. Yeah, tempo or more like kind of some feel more triumphant, some feel more somber. And I couldn't find this one anywhere. And, and, and also this just feels a little faster. So anyway. Hey, we got flying Autobots for some reason. You do. No jetpacks. But they are in space. <sighs> they still need to be propelled. Like, yeah. It's never addressed. It doesn't matter, I guess, but it's annoying. Why not have a ship? I guess because it'd be crashed. I, I guess, guess technically <laughs> it would get exploded. In I space. guess technically they could like have like some kind of like catapult that could launch them <laughs> through space. Yeah, but you couldn't change your direction. Well, that's that's the Autobot way. That to do their best. I did look up. Oh man, I did look <laughs> up how small of a of a of an object you could get a running start off and and leap. Like, because I was wondering if like the little prince could jump off of his asteroid. Oh yeah. Um, like escape, like get to escape cur- velocity. Yeah, yeah, escape uh-huh. velocity. Oh, it's you mean small. you mean le petit prince? <laughs> you mean <laughs> fucking asshole? You mean you mean le petit prince? <laughs> Yes, that's what we ah, are. We anyway. What did you find out? Uh, it's pretty small. Like it's, it's it's pretty small. Like yes, you you could definitely do it off of his asteroid, but it it's a pretty small body. Like you definitely couldn't do it off the moon. I would because you, s- you can't really get enough like speed. You, it's all about speed. I'd say with Le Petit Prince, if he kicked off of his little planet, it would actually push that also push that planet on at a completely different trajectory. It would have to. That's physics. Yeah. So it would also like almost be like And then who's gonna who's gonna take care of that rose? That rose is gonna the die. Autobots here that are flying that through space. Rose. Certainly not the Tipler. He's not gonna take care of that rose. Well I guess we'll never know. You got Blaster, Retgar, Blur, Perceptor flying over Cybertron, and uh, Rewind is there, busting asteroid age facts. They're headed to the introduction of Rewind. Yeah. One of uh, Blaster's tapes, which I I love. From his chest. Yep. I I thought that was a nice way of showing, well, I guess we don't know who's speaking yet. We know. Are you talking about Ramhorn? Any of them. Yeah. They call his name out. 
Yeah, but they're, they're zeroing in on this. On his they're chest. like, rewind, yeah, I, I thought thanks was, for the facts. Yeah, I thought it was a, an it. effective way of doing it. I did have rewind, eject, ram horn, and steel jaw as a kid. I, I liked the tapes. Uh, steel jaw, or as I like to call him, Cubby. Question. For his, his original arm. Could you put those wow. tape decks in shockwave, and could you put buzzsaw in blaster? You couldn't put anything in shockwave, but I'm, I mean, just, being, shockwave, I'm just being a sound sure. wave. I think, actually, I, you know I, what I mean. I don't know. Could I don't you, have. Are they the same size? Are they the same yes, size? Yes, you could. Okay, thank you. <laughs> fucking so, smart ass. Just enjoying my cream soda. While I find other ways to correct Caleb. Beam and cream, please. The team is headed towards an asteroid belt with a suspicious energy pulse emanating from mm-hmm. it. It's chronal energy, the force of time itself. Ooh. I did like this where Blur says what kind of energy, electromagnetic energy, gravitational energy, strong force energy, weak force energy, because he does, like, those are all real. Those are the four fundamental forces of the universe, which I thought was nice. It was just a nice call out. It just does think that something they'd be briefed on before they launched into space to investigate oh that wasn't my point at all i know i'm saying either i just thought it was nice it doesn't feel like a mid-mission conversation no i'm saying from the perspective of watching a show Mm -hmm. they said something that was real in the real world like these are real world energies i understand we're making two different points i started to do a rundown of all four and uh it's very complicated so i didn't include it (laughs) Ramhorn is also in Blaster's chest. That's right. Blaster's animal tapes can speak English good like we can. <laughs> Suck it, Ratbat. I don't really understand the reference. Uh, there's no reference. Uh, this, the the, the, the animal the animal tapes can talk oh. and oh. the well there was a mild clerks reference that embedded in all of that. But yeah, Soundwave's animal tapes are like Oh, bah. I see. You're just like ravage laser beak. Yeah. yeah. Rat bat. Yeah. You would think that the, yeah. you would think that the animal here would be like what is, <laughs> <laughs> is that a rhino? What is that? Yeah, rhino or roar. <laughs> I'm a jellical cat. <laughs> but the re- he's talking. He's like, "Why you need a thug like me along for this journey?" But zap, lasers are coming straight from the bowl-shaped asteroid that is actually the source of the fifth-dimensional mm-hmm. friction. It's so weird. It's pretty cool to see like Rekar actually using his shield as a shield, yeah. which is rare because you don't like. W- <sighs> I just thought it was neat because you don't see a lot of like uh, like the people who, the who have like um, uh, shoulder-mounted rockets or things of this nature they never use them and he actually uses a shield as a shield i just <laughs> thought it was novel well, i agree with you and um was hyped about you saying it but then as i was re-watching it here it's not like he moves his shield in place they just shot his shield in the spot where it already was yeah it's like how you how it works whenever you're sword fighting you hit the other person's sword that's how it works <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, school of sharky boys come flying straight at the crew. Ramhorn shreds right through these digital dolphins like a, the Japanese fishing industry. Go see the cove, everyone, and bring some Kleenex. Rewind and Rekgar also do some damage, and before long, the sharks are fin soup. It is fun because they're kind of like... Um... Uh, you know, the bats from G.I. Joe where you can just kind of, or the sweeps where you can just Mm -hmm. destroy them with abandon and it doesn't matter. Nobody's mad. Yeah. 
they're firing lasers out of strange places in there. There's a lot of shark that. mode. <clears throat> also, Blur can shoot from his forearms. Yeah, we're just making it up here. Pew. I didn't realize that Rewind was such a uh, stud with his pistol. Mm-hmm. I would have thought he would, you know, be sciency. I think that they re- they missed an opportunity to have Rewind be like a character that talked backwards. <laughs> Holy wow. shit! Why not add another Whoa. character who talks like an <laughs> asshole? Yeah, I mean it just makes sense. And every time he talks, Blasters just gotta translate it. Yeah. Oh and, my and god! And, and there's satanic messages in it. <laughs> This is the 80s. Like, Tipper Gore would have been all over this. Worship the devil. Yeah, have so. you heard about the Big Martin preschool? Oh, another. Oh, you guys don't get that reference? No, of course not. Did, did you think we would? Yeah. Yes. It's no. a very famous no. satanic I panic case. I can't believe it. Look it up. It's too complicated to go into. The team lands into the crater of this bowl-shaped asteroid, and what they are seeing before them is a Quintesson scientist who we don't hear his name, but we know his name is Inquirata, mm-hmm. uh, and he's opening a time window for 11 million years into the past. The window will only be open briefly. An energy hook open or comes out of the ground and penetrates the time window, pulling out a glowing object. Mm-hmm. I'd like to know this this Quintesson's relationship to the other Quintessons. This guy always seems to be doing his own thing, and he seems to be a bit more sympathetic. This is a different guy. They're all like, is it? Yeah, it's yeah. Not. From from earlier? Yeah, no. Or what? from the like, from a couple this episodes ago? This is a ago? new guy. Like, this is yeah. not the same guy from the, sh- the the from when they were on the ship. I'm together? pretty sure. Yeah. How? Why? What do you mean? Why? Well, I mean, like, you have all those five face guys that look <laughs> exactly the same. same. Yeah, but humans look the same. Anyway, this typical this the 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 quintesson that looks like this quintesson. It's just a is, class. It's a type. Yes. Sort of a race or ethnicity. Does yeah, not exactly. but, but, but their ethnicities Fine. are also this professions. This class of quintesson usually does not cohabitate with the other quintessons and Actually, seems they to be... always do. Oh, my God. Oh, God. You're just saying he's different. Sure. <laughs> well, he's the scientist. When you see that, that doofy he's face, the scientist. just know he's a science guy. Quintesson attack vessels fire on the Autobots. What happens next is somewhat confusing because mm-hmm. the warship attacks and Perceptor falls behind and for uh, no reason at all, as far as I can tell, Blur, Ramhorn, Blaster, Rewind, and Rekgar just fly That's through true. the other side of the time window. <sighs> There's no reason they go into it. It, uh, there's no reason they'd have to fly into that thing. <laughs> I, I didn't mention it, and before that happened, I think they reached out and sent some communication to Rodimus Prime that they were going to need they some did. help. They did. They called for backup. Yeah. They were like, we need backup, and also, goodbye, we're flying through the time window. Peace. Or whatever it is, because we don't know it's a time window. <laughs> You get a sense of that because they do say something about 11 million years into the past. No, no, no. I mean, the Autobots don't know. Right. No, they're just taking a flyer (laughs) on that one. Rodimus will show up with Superion and Blaster, except Blaster flew through the window, so that's just an animation error. I do like Rodimus says to Superion, keep their tentacles shaken, Superion. I thought that was a cool line. Also, paradoxically... I don't like the Aerobots, but I do like Superion. It's a cool-looking combiner. 
I think I just, I just sucker for gestalts. <laughs> they put the heat on those tentacled terrors <laughs> and forced the guard to grab the scientist and evacuate with the time window still open. Mm-hmm. They retreat inside what actually looks like Springer. I think I don't like calling out all the animation model errors, but you guys tell me. Watch and comment. <laughs> Is that Springer? I didn't even notice. I think that's Springer. Uh, nobody's going to understand what we're talking about. <laughs> but then they shifted to a more Quinisonian-looking ship in the next in the next cut. Rodimus finds Perceptor, who is dying and mumbling about the Autobots on the other side of the window. The Autobots briefly consider going after them, but what the fucking hell? Before them is some sort of youthful, mustachioed, uh, uh, vigorous uh, young robot. This annoyed me. I mean, he's not exactly the same, but, like, you guys don't recognize Alpha Trion. I mean, even though Rodimus just literally invoked his name right before I know, you that, saw that, that guy. That was really awkward that he did that. Like, or, I, I, maybe they did that on purpose, but to cue to, us in. To the viewers. Because he was like, what the Alpha Trion? I can't remember exactly what he, he said. Yeah, yeah, but like if I showed up in different clothes and looked a little different, I don't know <laughs> that you wouldn't know it wasn't me. Like, <laughs> also he was in the Matrix not that long ago and True. literally saw the whole time frame. And also, of, like, of... this is twenty years later, but in Cybertronian terms, that's like a few weeks. Yeah, <laughs> the Aerobots are the worst. <laughs> so yeah, we the viewer should know that it's a mustachioed Bruce Willis. No, uh. Uh, name some famous mustache guys. Uh, Tom Selleck. Tom, Tom Selleck. Yeah, me. Ryan Chat. Uh, your, your mustache Wolfer, is heavier than the Wolfer rest of Brimley. you. Uh, who's the big? Who's the guy that talk beef? It's what's for dinner. Who's that guy? Sam Elliott. My Sam, name is Sam, Sam Elliott. Elliott. Sam Elliott, excellent mustache. Yeah, it's a wonderful one. I'm trying to. Grow this guy's got out. more of like a, a Clark Gable mustache, maybe. Oh, oh with the little, the little tiny. Oh uh, no, no, no! As I'm looking at it, I think it's I think got it's more, more Tom Selleck. They, they call that a chevron. Tom Selleck had a he mastered the chevron, which is what I'm going for eventually. I'm growing my mustache back out. I like. I like How do you think? It, oh yeah, you do. Yeah. Like I have a, I have a, I have nothing, nothing beard wise. I have a good chin, but my my mustache game is great, and I. I could grow out a really good chevron. I'm going to I just get for TF I'm going to blow you, you guys minds. Thank you. I'll tell How you are what, we preparing ourselves aesthetically for TFCon? Chevron. chevron. Hey. Thank and I'll tell you what. Suits always peacocking. <laughs> you, you know what's helping me with my chevron? Tell me. Manscaped. <laughs> <laughs> so uh Rodimus Superion, I think we covered all that. Rodimus Perceptor, we covered all that. Autobots briefly consider going. No, blur. We're, no, I think we're, this is where we cut to. We're going to the other side of yep. the window. Yep, yep, yep. Blur is freaking out. Where the fuck are they? Rewind searches his database, but before he can make the connection, they're discovered by a spotlight, and then they're under attack. They flee as a dark giant blue Omega Supreme, a.k.a. a dark guardian dark robot. Guardian. Is chasing after them. These bad boys are old tech, even from before the Great War with the Decepticons. But the Autobots have nowhere to go. They have to fight this thing, and we go to commercial as a colossal leg bears down upon them. Maybe it's because Blur isn't paired with Wheelie, or maybe he's just gotten better, but I don't find Blur annoying in this or the last episode, and maybe it's because they use him sparingly. Yeah, he doesn't talk that much. <laughs> 
the whole laser's coming out of the mouth. It's really weird. <laughs> He's just vomiting up lasers. <laughs> This makes me think of Transformers the movie a little bit in that all of the uh, on oh, Junkion with running yeah all, uh, in Junkion all the Transformers took transform and took off except for Perceptor who ran but Blaster had the good sense to mm-hmm. turn into a tape deck and, and side blur actually rewind turned into a tape who went into Blaster and then Blaster turned into a tape deck that went into blur. blur. That's the way to do it. I don't know why he's bouncing. That's weird. He's jamming, man. Yeah. <laughs> Some fucking sweet beats. I wonder if anybody... I feel like we do the Rorger German quite a bit, and I don't. I wonder if anybody understands that. <laughs> There's gotta that be somebody. If you, if you know, you know. If you know, you know. That's like uh, this guy I listen to on the best show. Have you heard of that? <laughs> John Sharp thing? Yeah, he, he, uh, ran, he had a... He had a King Crimson shirt on, and this guy ran into him like in public and was like, "Ah, King Crimson," and he like looked at it. He was like, "This." He told Tom, "He's like, we get it," and he pointed at everybody else. He's like, "They don't." <laughs> I want to start doing it's that fine. to people with like whatever shirts they're wearing. Yeah, like, we get it. They don't. It's like a, it's like an Ocean Pacific shirt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that could actually probably apply. These days, the difference between that and the Rudwiger German is that uh, <laughs> it's not even a reference to a real thing. Nope, it's like <laughs> it's a it's, it's a dialogue, a... <laughs> a nonsense dialogue in a video game, right? That and I don't even know what the real dialogue is. It was just our interpretation of yeah. it from playing the video game together. It's Star Fox. Don't tell them. We, oh, we, it's a no hey, prize. Hey, we get them. it. We get it. But they don't. <laughs> Back from commercial, where the the bad boys are in trouble. Well, the good boys, I guess, really. But but we've got a very competent mm-hmm. lady bot here to save the day. Her name is Beta, and in addition to being a champion Marlboro chain smoker, I love her voice. She is a crack with a crossbow. And she pops an explosive bolt that smashes into the Guardian shin, saving the guys and recruiting them to their rebellious uprising. Can we get a little bit of Beta's voice? Absolutely. It's She's like a sexier version of uh, Kathleen Turner. Uh, have you heard Kathleen Turner lately? I mean, from the 80s, Kathleen Turner. Come! The Quins have more where he came from. Where you come? Maybe sexier isn't the, the, I don't know. the I don't right know. word. Maybe you could ask Susan Blue about that when you meet her in yeah, she'd TFCon, love to talk Chicago. about it. She's like, set him on fire. It's like, please leave. <laughs> please. Friday the 13th. What convention is this? Where do you think you are? Actually, I hope she enjoys your deep cut. I'm, thanks. We get a little bit of lore here at this point in the show. Team Beta and her fellow robots, they're, they're Quintesson slaves. And the mark that the Autobots wear is actually a brand given them mm-hmm. uh, to them by the by the Quintessons. Really interesting. Yeah. And it marks them as chattel. Look at his head when he's talking. Did you see that? We have a funny head moment. Let's back up. <laughs> With the sound off. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Uh, if you guys want to mark it off on your APDC <laughs> bingo card, we have slaves here. Yeah. I did find it really interesting um, that the Autobot symbol is the slave brand of the Quintessons. So mm-hmm. 
that leads me to question, like, presumably, whenever the factions split in the Civil War, the Decepticons chose a different symbol. As not slaves. Yeah. No, I, so well, the Decept- no, it's not Autobot. So the Decepticon symbol is a symbol of freedom. No. Mm-mm. But is that where you're going, Ryan? Well, isn't it? Right. Because the Autobot symbol is a symbol of slavery that was given to them by the Quintessons. Quint- I guess the they re-branded re, like, it. But, they uh, sure. That is, I mean, that's what I thought. Autobot symbol would be originally the symbol of slavery, and yeah. so the Decepticons would have their symbol as a symbol of, of freedom. Well, she goes into the fact that their leader, A3, wants the, they basically, they want to take it back, and they now, they, right. they wear, they want to flip it, and they as want this symbol, and, for, and freedom, I think the Decepticons don't exist yet in this. No, they don't. They don't. Right, this is and so them. so I don't. I don't. Well, maybe the show will ultimately explain. Wait. The Decepticons kind of showed up out of nowhere. Clearly, Did, they had to be uh, right. a part of this world, but or well, they didn't have to be. I, I guess, think. I think they formed. I think they yeah, splintered. This is eleven years. They splintered. Eleven million years ago, the Decepticons showed up about like ten to nine million years so ago. Did the, so did the Autobots gain their freedom first, and then after that? Yes. Okay. So then, the well, the tra- I would say the Transformers gained their yes, freedom. They weren't. So the, se- they weren't segmented. Right, they were so the just Decepticons wouldn't be creating their faction as a means of separate. Expressing their freedom from the Quintessence. Right. It would be expressing freedom or differentiation from the Autobots. Right. So that's legit. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm cool with that. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know that they get that deep in this because the way it's been explained to date from all the episodes we've been watching, uh, from the Autobots' perspective, the Decepticons showed up out of nowhere. They could fly, Mm -hmm. they were cool. They had the baller ass new symbol, <laughs> yeah. uh, and then they also were just like murderers. So I, I and maybe the show. I don't actually think it does get into that sort of lore in the same way that the IDW universe and uh, maybe even the Dreamwave universe. Did. I'm kind of shocked, and maybe I'm jumping ahead, or and that Beta is not represented, as far as I can tell, in any other media really. There are beta toys that you can get. The they did the Titans Return. It's actually so weak. All the female Autobots have representation in toy form now, but they're all like the exact same mold, and they mm-hmm. turn into the exact gross, chunky car. And uh, I'm like 98 percent sure that Beta has representation okay. in that. But I mean, toys. even in like comic books and stuff, like yeah, it's yeah. I'd have to reread IDW. I don't recall. If uh, what Beta's place in that world is, yeah, but I don't know. I don't, and I don't think we see her again, right? No, sorry, Beta, you're out. She explains. Beta explains that A3 has a remote device that freezes the Guardians, and when he activates that, that's when the Rebels are going to drive the Quintessons from this planet, and all the slaves will be free. The problem is that they're fighting against warriors, and mm-hmm. Beta and her people are workers, workers scientists, yeah. technicians, the proletariat. But the thing they have in common is they want to break free from those bougie quints and control the means of productions. Fellas, this episode is Marxist as fuck. I love it. Uh, rewind gets it. Rewind or rewind? How do you guys prefer I pronounce it? Oh, now you fucked me up. It's, <laughs> I would... <laughs> 
The point is, we're in rewind. the past. I would say rewind. And he's the first to understand that they're in the past. The Quintessons are trying to change the past so they can remain masters of Cybertron. Unfortunately, A3 is adios. So they're going to have to commence an attack without him. And you know that our friendly fugitoids from the future are down to facilitate. I like Rewind's design. Yeah, I do too. Uh, shout out to MMC. They're finally putting out masterpiece versions of the Blaster Tape Bots. So uh, that's exciting. I think the Humanoid Bots are coming out as well as the Lion Bot. I haven't seen their version of the Ramhorn. Back in 2006, or forward in 2006, Perceptor's about to shit the bed, and the time window is leaking energy into space. This perceptor speaking all this science gibberish. Nobody can get this. Or these <laughs> robo refnecks, they just can't translate it. Pice is just an engineer. Let's let the science quintesson explain it for us. These rings are ripples of chronal energy, and if the window isn't closed, those ripples will spread to Cybertron, Earth, infinity, and beyond. It will tear apart reality itself. Events will repeat in an endless loop, a disaster of biblical per- Portions, Old Testament, yeah. human sacrifice, he, cats and dogs living together. Yes, it's just motherfucker. He's, you guys did this. He's very emphatic, and he's he's very like the whole episode emphatic about this. Yeah, he's freaking. He's uh, freaking out. But like you did this. Yeah. Like this was you. It just reminds me of. <laughs> when yeah, he, but he expected to be in and out. Doesn't matter. You did this. Like it just reminds oh, me sure. of like when the atomic bomb was being developed, and the engineers were like. There's a non-zero chance this will set the atmosphere on fire. And then they tested it anyway. Yeah, yeah no, no. I, we're, we're not... I mean, obviously the guy's fucked up, but... Uh, but again, you, you would think he has like, superiors that like well, I, understood I, I the risks as well. I was trying to explain that there was a difference between this guy and the regular Quintessons, right. but you guys shut that shit down really fast. Or, I don't think... You know, I don't think I don't the, the Quintessons aren't yeah. like a government. They're just a people, like... Well, this guy, who, this guy... He's just a quintesson scientist. But they have some kind of organization. They not necessarily. This guy always seems That's to not be, clear. This guy always seems to be kind of going rogue compared to what they're doing. That is true. They're, the quintesson like, scientists, like I said, are all Dr. Mengele's. They're just all in, interested fine. in their own fucked up fine. shit. So there's no interaction between them and the Quintessons. The regular they Quintes. are Quintessons. There's no interaction between them and the, the multi-faced Quintessons. The judges. Sure. But this guy is the prosecutor, and he seems to sort of be kind of his boss. I think the Quintessons are just fragmented, and it's like, okay. like nation now states. We're talking. Now we're talking. I think it's like Sparta and oh. like Athens and oh. shit. Okay, getting Greek on me. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm just saying, in the, be, in the best way think, possible, I think the writers, the writers the write the Quintessons to suit whatever they got going on, and this—that's. Like, I mean, you're right. Yeah. This is this is that iteration of what they want for the Quintessons to be, and then uh, what's interesting though is in this they do have the judges come in, but it just seems to be like compl- a completely independent yeah. operation. Yeah. I but find that fascinating. So. I, I mean, find from that an Autobots and Decepticon standpoint, though, they treat the Quintessons as, as a, a unif. Yeah, yeah, they do. Um, which I this, maybe that's what makes me think it. But you're right. There's no definitive. More sympath- there's more sympathy with this guy, or this type of science with the scientists than with the Quintessons and the judges in general. When you see these characters portrayed on the show, maybe. Again, we are we are extrapolating to a large oh, no. degree, but oh it God. could be that each Quintesson type 
is just intensely focused on their, their own specific thing. thing. And so you've got the judges who are just, they're focused on creating uh, death and uh, and these guys are at any at whatever cost uh, are focused on whatever trying to explore science and and understanding. However, this guy is working towards what we believe is the greater quintessential goal of regaining control of Cybertron, which feels like it's coming from a higher. Like he's doing that not just to benefit him, That's which true. again makes it seem like there's some kind of organized. That's true. But he doesn't care. You're right about. The repercussions, really. Or he does. He just didn't take the... He thought it was worth the risk. Right. Right, right. Oh, we we get to see a little bit of the loop that he's talking about yeah, in, in action. A weird way. On Cybertron, Wheelie defeats Jazz in Cybertronian NASCAR twice. That's supposed to be <laughs> That's tr- It could be Monka Spunka. <laughs> <laughs> Elsewhere, in some unspecified part of the galaxy, a waterfall becomes not a waterfall. <laughs> or a dam. I don't know. I, that, that one wasn't very clear. And then Captain Fairborn falls victim to a classic oh. Mortal Kombat 2 babality. I was excited to see Marissa, and then it's like I was then very not excited as to what happened. She just it came a baby, and I'm like, I don't like it. <laughs> Basically, all natural laws are going to break down and the universe is going to end. What can we do about it? We're just three guys. <laughs> we can't do anything. Well, I, I mean, I guess we can destroy the time window and we should commence a full-scale assault on the asteroid. That's what's up. I really do think I've come for full circle. I really do love Rodimus Prime. Like, I think as a battle commander, he's effective. He has Superion attack the ships and everyone else form a battle line with himself in front where he gets shot pretty quickly. But... I turned pretty strongly in five faces when he tried to save the team on goo. Mm-hmm. That was a, I think like that was a pretty selfless moment. Do I like season three? Oh no. Aha! <laughs> 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 Honestly, yes. so far from a storytelling perspective, Season it's three is guys, is definitely around. Is, the carrot mark is pointed in favor of season coming three. around. It's <laughs> much more interesting than let's drive around in the desert. Hot Rod is, broken. is oh, cozying no. up to the guy who came through the window. Turns out he doesn't recognize him from his Cybacillin Matrix trip from five episodes ago. But this guy, A3, he's reluctant to give up the goods and just trust Rodimus Prime. He suspects... Uh, Rodimus is working with the slave masters, but then a Quinnison attack commences from Sup- star bombs. Form Superion. A battle line is formed. Hold your positions. Blast them. A3 is unfortunately blown off the rock, but Superion <laughs> makes the save. Can of corn, but he's under some very heavy firepower. Things look dim, my friends, and that's where we go to commercial. I will say A3's little kicking feet <laughs> as he flies off is very funny. They needed a Wilhelm scream edited <laughs> yeah, into there. Yeah, <laughs> and they fire out of their tails now, the shark yeah, to it's all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that! <laughs> <laughs> so bad. He's kicking through space almost as long as Grimlock was stomping around in the last uh, episode. I could, see a whole, I could watch a whole episode of that. We return from the break. Superion is taking heavy damage. Is he finished? No! In a very confusing sequence. I don't think it's confusing. 
But go ahead. I'll, I'll give you the opportunity to explain. Superion, I, I, I think, hallucinates Alpha Trion. Nope. Uh, or A3 morphing into Alpha Trion, who gives him a little old man pep talk. And in a nearly literal display of Duze Machina. Wow, that was time so ring, badly. <laughs> the time rings pass through Superion, creating a duplicate Superion and transporting it back to where he was before he saved A3. Ryan, explain. Okay, so I thought the same as you, that it was really confusing and convenient that Alpha Trion showed himself to Superion as his older self. But I, until I realized that they're right next to the time window, which is bleeding chrono, chrono energy, and as we've seen, it's warping time and space. So I think it's actually older Alpha Trion superimposing on younger Alpha Trion to say something. I can accept that explanation. Good job. Yep. Was there a script on this one? Nope. There are two Superions, which, again, I think is just a a very fun time stream stuff to play with, which as a writer, I mean, everyone likes to play with, uh, you know, time slips. This Superion, the new one, is blasting the hell out of the Quinnison ships as the fabric of space-time unravels all around them. Superion Generation 2 dissolves as the Quinnisons retreat. T-minus 30 minutes to the end of the universe. This makes no sense. The Quina- This is what makes sense. The Quintessons call all ships to retreat and regroup, despite the fact y'all just said that there are 10 minutes till everything everywhere ceases to exist. Just suicide bomb it. He said 30 minutes, but yeah. No, it's 10 minutes at this point. Things are okay for the moment, at least as far as the Autobots are concerned. A3 is convinced of Rodimus' resolve, and Pipes continues to service Perceptor sexually, and the sky is glowing with impending doom. We go back to the past. The Autobots are sneaking up on a group of Guardians. They have no plan, but that is not going to stop Ramhorn from Mm -hmm. charging ahead. The die is cast. Ramhorn's awesome. Yeah, he was shredding those Shartacons earlier. The Back to 2006, the stars are glowing eerily. The Quintesson scientist Implorata, is that what his name was? Implorata? I didn't know that. Projects a hologram message to the Autobots. <laughs> Y'all got to close that window. Why would we believe you? Why would we yeah. ever believe you? It's a great point, and that's kind of the crux of this whole moment. Yeah. The battle rages on uh, historical Cybertron. Guardians are blasting lasers from their foreheads as Beta and the Future Boys advance. Ramhorn has some solid power and knocks one to the ground. Blaster and Gravity help take out the remaining three Guardians. Also, I love how the other guys in the trench never do anything. Don't even help at all. What's up, losers? Like, yeah, they're celebrating, and then you see the guys in the trench, and they did nothing. (laughs) Great. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. As more guardians surround the insurgents, a Quintesson master floats above the fray and commands them to cease their rebellion, or uh, they're going to be shaking the bony-robed hand of death itself. I just don't understand... Okay, well, we'll get there. But, like, we're going to see it. Like, even at the risk of... The possibility of ending everything will just see in a second. The Quintessons are willing to risk not having A3 go back through. Like, the downside is so much worse yeah. than just letting it it occur. No, it, it it is a little silly. Get to live for now in your current state and try again. Yeah. 
or end the universe yep. entirely. <laughs> <laughs> we go back to 2006. The Quintessons and Rodimus have aligned on a path forward, which just reminds me also of the whole Starscream Octane thing a couple episodes ago where Rodimus is just like, eh, I guess we should believe him. Yeah. <laughs> In both cases, it was the right decision. It's true. We got to close this window, but our friends are back there. Alpha Trion, I mean, he volunteers to go through, but why wouldn't he do that? Of course he would do that. It's yeah. not particularly heroic, but they make well, it seem like it's like such a selfless decision. That's where he wants to be. Sure. He joins, rejoins his comrades through the window. He pulls his insignia from his chest. It turns out this is the coder remote that was being referred to earlier in the episode. He disables the guardians that have surrounded the team, and the rest of the rebels jump out of the trenches and join the battle. A3 commands, blaster, blur, ramhorn, retgar, rewind, get the fuck out of here, which they do. Mm -hmm. As the team from Future Past rejoins Rodimus, the time window is closed. We're safe. Perceptor will live, and like Goodwill hunting himself, Everyone completes the complex algebra problem and figures out A3 is Alpha Trion himself. And the guy Not who sure. created Optimus Prime and sacrificed himself to create the aerial bots, but I guess these selfish assholes forgot about all that shit, and this episode is over. I also love how uh, <laughs> the aerial bots don't remember what their gestalt form learned. I don't understand Do we understand that, that he learned anything? Well, he saw Alpha Trion. Right, but... Did it really but then, soak but in here, that they were the same guy? But then right here, they're like, that was Alpha Trion. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. yeah it, I, I, guess, I guess I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt that uh, oh. they should, rem- that, that Alpha Trion is smart, or I'm sorry, Superion is smart enough to make those connections and help maintain it in the individual components. This That, that was stupid, but I did like this episode. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I did too. We are two for two in episodes ending I know. with a character image fading across <laughs> a dark, starry sky. They should end every episode that way. Just whoever was the most whoever important character. Not, just wipe it, wipe it across there. So that's it yeah. on this one. There have been a few Alpha Trion toys, most notably, in my opinion, you've got 2014's Ex-Gokin, and I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, Squid. Oh, I forgot to mention, you, uh, Squid, corrected us on our pronunciation of, uh, it's not Toei, it's, or, I don't have it in front of me. Do you happen to remember No, I don't it? know what you're talking We've about. We've been mispronouncing Toei, and he corrected us. I'll have to look it up in the in the communication. Toei, yeah, I think <laughs> it, is what it it's is. It's totally that. So I know I'm probably not saying Exgokin correctly. Then there is also the BotCon 1997 Souvenir Repack, uh, which is a retool of Cybertron's Vector Prime, and the Titan's Return, which this is the one I own, Headmaster version, which turns into a unicorn lion and some kind of space cruiser. It's pretty weak. But Alpha Trine has also been a retool of various Scourge toys, and I'm excited for the fact I just purchased this yesterday. It's supposed to show up in November. The recent Hero is Born 2-pack with Alpha Trion retooled from Studio Series Scourge along with Orion Pax retooled from Studio Series Cup. You can give me that shit right <laughs> now. And for Ryan's benefit, I'll show him the visuals. Here's the ex Gokin which is basically a non-transformable, oh, sure. articulated model toy. It's really nice. I think it was really expensive, too, like hundreds of dollars um, for what it is. 
couple other pieces. This is an old Scourge that was modified. This is the one I have presently, which is the Titan's Return. It's, it has a good face sculpt, but it's stupid. <laughs> and this is the one that I'll be getting soon. It's another Scourge oh, retool. Oh, I've seen this. Yeah, yeah it I just it just it, it's just been promoted mm -hmm. recently and the Orion packs that comes with it. But anyway, as far as I'm concerned, this this Studio Series one remolded from the Scourge looks uh, the best of yep. all of them, uh, except for the X. The X Gokin is cool, but I'm not paying for that shit. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> yeah. So as far as new characters, we are all familiar with the work of Susan Blue. And I hope she has security since she's going to be approached by Ryan. At I don't know why I keep saying that. Like you're going to give her problems. But she voiced Beta. Rewind was voiced by Townsend Coleman, who we mentioned previously is the voice of the titular character, The Tick. And then we have Ramhorn, which was voiced by John Hostetter, who we have yet to mention. And uh, John was a voice and screen actor. Along with four episodes of Transformers as Ramhorn, he voiced Bazooka on 16 episodes of G.I. Joe. He played the role of John on 65 episodes of Murphy Brown. Got that Candace Bergen money. Brown. Quite a few HBO shows. Uh, he was on Arliss and Spawn. One-offs on a ton of 80s shows. Matlock, Knott's Landing, MacGyver, L.A. Law. Plenty of tunes. Plenty of anime. Ryan is John Hostetter. Alive or merged with the infinite? I'm going to say alive. He's dead. Sorry. Okay, great. It's a fun game. Cancer, age 69. <laughs> Again, not a lot on this script deviations. Um, there is no original script for this that we can find. Um, it was written by Jerry Conway and Carla Conway, now divorced. Oh, I mean, unless I mean, all divorces are good. I yeah. Guess, at well, the end of the day. yeah, I think so. Um, Jerry Conway was originally a comic book writer and wrote the death of Gwen Stacy storyline in Spider-Man. He wrote hundreds of DC and Marvel books and was instrumental in creating the Punisher, Vixen, Power Girl, Firestorm, Ms. Marvel, Man-Thing, Killer Croc and Jason Todd. After serving as Marvel's editor-in-chief, succeeding Marv Wolfman, he turned to writing to television, uh, starting out with scripts for the Transformers, G.I. Joe, and Centurions. He later moved on to live-action dramas like Diagnosis Murder and Law and & Order. He was a producer on Law & Order Criminal Intent. Carla Conway is an American writer. In addition to the Transformers, she also wrote G. I. on G.I. Joe, Centurions, My Little Pony, Jim, and Dino Riders, Prior to writing animation, she wrote for comics, including Ms. Marvel, Superman, and Firestorm. She currently works on writing programs for low-income youth. That's it. That's script deviations. Well, how do we rate this thing? Uh, again, the downside is so huge. I don't know. I mean, I guess I'd rate it like in a seven because you're trying to take back control of your whole life or, right. or of your whole Though you slaves. might <laughs> see, are all the Quintessons the same Quintessons from this time period? Or like the Transformers, have they genetically diversified? Or, you know, are they, di do they have four <clears throat> fathers and four mothers? Or, mm -hmm. like, you know what I mean? We don't know. We don't know. They're, the information is not available to are us. Are we meant to assume that the all of them are the exact same thing, like, they're all like just the, alive. The ones who remember, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I say that to say that 
they could cease to exist depending on this alteration of right, time. Right, right. Which would imply that they care about the greater good of the Quintessonian race than themselves individually. Which does not seem to be the case. <laughs> <laughs> so I assume all the Quintessons we've seen are Quintessons who are from the original, like, diaspora. And they're just still there. Yeah. Causing shit. Old as fuck. Yeah, I liked it too. If you can go back in time and change the past to benefit your future, would you do it? No, man. What's done is done. I'm just like I'm. I'm kind of just like benefit for what? Like I'm like ah, I'm so far along in life. I'm almost dead. So who cares? What's the point? Yeah. What's the point? All right. So okay, we can. We can. I'm the ghost of the iconic moment. <laughs> you know. I did love the lore this episode talks about, and even though it's handled a little clumsily, the standard in my mind was the introduction of Rewind and Ramhorn. Because, um, like, to, unlike War Dawn, this time travel never comes back in any meaningful way. And also, there's no Decepticons in this episode <laughs> at all. Um, so I just like the tapes. I like the tapes. I like that you don't need Decepticons. Yeah. The, he does say at the end of Five Faces that the new enemy has, has emerged. emerged yeah. it's the, the Decepticons are still bad. basically just kind of clawing at scraps at yeah, this point. Yeah, pretty much. It's kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, I like seeing the youngest iteration of Alpha Trion yet. And I like, I mean, we knew the lore already from Five Faces. It was nice to go into a part of that and see something a little deeper. In the real world. All right, Forever is a Long Time Coming, aired de, uh, October 8th, 1986, in the American Temp 40. This episode, we're doing the number one song for one week in early July of 1986, Billy Ocean's There Will Be Sad Songs to Make You Cry. The song was written and produced by Wayne Braithwaite and Barry Eastman with Ocean credited as co-writer. Eastman went to a party where a friend of his wife's, who was, this is a lot of weird information, who had recently broken up with her boyfriend, started crying when this song suddenly came on the stereo, which became basis for him and his co-writers pinning There Will Be Sad Songs to Make You Cry, because suddenly it's basically about falling in love, and There Will Be Sad Song is about we're not in love anymore and you're gone. Yeah. That's it. That's all about the song. That's I. I'm trying to determine if I know this song or not. It's not. Whenever you just do a Google for Billy Ocean songs, it doesn't come up. But this was a a hit. Yeah, it was number one for one week in July of '86. There's two of them at the diner. not familiar with that i'm gonna have to listen to the billy ocean's repertoire i remember that song because i'm a fan i'm a true fan <laughs> you are not a fake fan like me number one of the box office any guesses what the number of the box office is currently at this week this did it week? change no top gun <laughs> it's crocodile dundee <laughs> damn it i forgot we'd move past that 
So let's talk about another wonderful comedy, The Color Purple. <laughs> Hilarious. I'm kidding. It's brutally sad. Number one at the box office for one week in January of 1986, The Color Purple is an epic coming-of-age period drama directed by Steven Spielberg based on the novel of the same name by Alice Walker, the first African-American woman to win a Pulitzer Prize for fiction. The film stars Whoopi Goldberg, Danny Glover, Radon Chong, and Oprah Winfrey, <laughs> Oprah Winfrey in her film debut. Quincy Jones did the score and also produced. The film centers on uh, Celie Harris Goldberg and tells the story of problems black women experienced during the early 20th century, including domestic violence, rape, incest, pedophilia, poverty, sexism, and naturally racism. It's a good movie, but goddamn, I hope you don't have anything planned for the rest of the day. It's yeah, it would be hard to go to like a carnival <laughs> or like after. a family event. It's been suggested that the film is stereotypical and overly sentimental, and eh, that it could have been it could have benefited from a director with a deeper connection to the source material, which is certainly defensible positions. I don't particularly accept the overly sentimental criticism for anything because it's vague, and books and movies are supposed to make you feel something. It's like saying it's emotionally manipulative, which, yeah, that's what entertainment kind of is. That's the point of it. Overall, The Color Purple received good reviews. Spielberg has admitted he did soften the book, especially the portrayal of the sexual relationship between um, Suge and uh, Seeley, and that he regretted doing it, but at the time he didn't think it would get a PG-13 rating if he didn't. And ultimately the movie was made because Alice Walker became comfortable with the creative team and people trusted people she trusted had a perspective of nobody's going to make this book into a movie, and if you feel okay with what they're doing, it's important, which for 1986 I think is true. The film did crush at the box office, grossing $142 million from a $15 million budget, and was nominated for 11 Academy Awards. How many do you think it won? I'm going to go with zero. You're right. <laughs> it won zero, including Best Picture, Best Actress, Best Supporting Actress, two nominations for Best Supporting Actress, and Best Adapted Screenplay. It won none of those. Um. So, yeah. It's been a while since I've seen it. It is a good movie. I didn't know Steven Spielberg directed it. Yep. Uh, I have a, I have read the book. I read it in high school and before I read it before I saw the movie. Yeah, I agree with your point. Saying something is overly sentimental. That's like watching an action movie and saying uh, there was too many bullets. Yeah, exactly. That's my <laughs> feeling. You just don't like sentimentality, and that's I guess fine. But but why are you watching hard, this movie? Hardly <laughs> criticism. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. It is very... You think about post... When is it set? In the 20s? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, 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 there's a couple of ranges, but yeah, it's, it's, it's early 20th century. It's just, a, I think, just from a, the American experience perspective, mm -hmm. thinking about the p poverty of sharecropping. Slavery's over, but stuff is still tough out there mm -hmm. <laughs> in, in so many ways. Sorry, that wasn't that deep, but no, I, I, mean, I really did like the movie. Yeah, um, and Oprah Winfrey is great in it. That was her uh, her film baby. This is also like they tried to cast and Whoopi Goldberg. Sorry, I don't mean I, I forgot. Totally, this yeah. movie is kind of what propelled her into the mainstream. Yeah, there was a lot of a lot of actors they chose that were not well known. Specifically, they wanted to choose actors they felt they could emotionally inhabit the role as opposed to mm -hmm. people who were well known. 
So I'm assuming Oprah was the best supporting actress nominee. Oprah, and I'm sorry, I can't remember the other. Person. The Sealy uh, or the uh, Suge, maybe. I don't. Suge, Suge, Suge was the the lover, mm-hmm. but she wasn't the lover in the movie. They had a kiss. That was the the extent that it was in the movie. Okay. Yeah, the book is heartbreaking. The book is told, it's been a long time, but it was written more from the perspective, it was like uh, diary entries mm-hmm. by the uh, the Seeley character. Seeley was the Whoopi Goldberg character, mm-hmm. right? Yep. It was it was like diary entries. So it was a really unique storytelling device. And it, it, Wes and I have had this conversation too of like, um, in particular, there's a, like a lot of the black community at these days is like, I don't need to see another movie about black oppression like like 12 years a slave like that sort of thing. like yeah i can we just have black people in like fantasy or sci-fi movies like i don't i get it i don't necessarily need to see another movie about that but especially told from a white point of view well but. yeah but like um but this i think was different like that was before that was like ubiquitous like it was just something that i don't think this was seen at the time yeah i i would say it was groundbreaking for the time but it also isn't a story of in a sense any story of black oppression is connected to yeah. uh whiteness but this isn't really that angle the angle is more about poverty mm-hmm. within the culture of black people in this place and time there wasn't a slave master dynamic right right and also written by a black woman you know it's a story that came from a person of color that like didn't live this life right but is connected to it you know yeah it's a unique story (laughs) fun facts from this week in history i don't have any fun facts um except i will say Boo Rahim. <laughs> I can't let this go. Why? <laughs> I will tell you why. Seriously, Wes and I have taken to saying this to each other anytime something disappoints us. <laughs> we uh, we text it to each other constantly. I want to well, I'm this glad in... that's made a life of its own and then it's, nobody else knows about it's it not. listening. Wasn't it a weird t- mistext that you made or something? So I'm the worst tech. I've made fun of Alpha Magnus because uh he may be worse than me when it comes to texting and spell checking or making sure Just the text is it. perfectly <laughs> formatted before he hits send. But that's me too. I, I hate, I, and I don't like that about myself. I wish my texts were all perfectly written and articulated and there were no spelling errors. And I'm always, ha- if I would just take the time to make sure it's good before I hit send, I wouldn't have to do what I do have to do, do which is to send my corrections all the time. I also but love I th- when there's corrections of your corrections. <laughs> yeah, I'll just correct myself, hit send, and then it's the exact same fuck up that was in the previous one because iPhones just give you the word they want you to have. And I'm like, that's not even a word. I think I was trying to text the word booyah or something like that, and it created the phrase boo rahim, which where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> but now you love it, and it's a part of your world. I do, and... Boo Rahim, and it's so great. <laughs> like, it means nothing. Is a completely creative word, and yeah, Wes and I use it all the it time. It is a pretty fun <laughs> phrase. Anytime where she's like, here's something, like some news article, <laughs> and then like she reads it, and it's like, Boo Rahim. <laughs> it's great. Well, that makes me really happy. I'm... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the real world. Now I'm going to start using it. That's my phrase, Ryan. That's not That's mine. You You can't have that. Next time on the Autopod Decepticast. A burglar in the bedtime?
a defalcator in the darkness, a pickpocket in the pitch dark. No friends will be dealing with a thief in the night. And uh, that's it. Give my fellow Decepticons, if you'd like to help support the show, we invite you to check out our Patreon page. It has several levels of support that come with a wide variety of benefits, art projects, things that make us, make us happy to make that hopefully make you happy enough to purchase. Um, and you can do that at our store or just join the Patreon, patreon.com slash apoddcast. The apod store is autopoddecepticast.com slash store or... You can buy us a drink if you want to buy the podcast and your credit don't stink. Caleb had to take a break, so he we'll did. cover that for him. Feel free to give us a review. Stars, podcast, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and hang out with us on the Patreon, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all of them at apoddcast. And uh, show notes, autopoddecepticast.com. Check it out. Dive deep. All right. We love you. That's it. Peace out. Episode over. Bye, bye, bye. bye. That was fun. I think we got a couple goodies. Goodies in there. is the sponsor of Autopod Decepticast. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs>